Happy Monday morning. This is Rob McDougall from Zeng Financial Investment Strategist and here with our latest installment of our weekly economic update on August 22nd, 2022. So as we always do, we're going to review last week's economic data, show you how the equity market and fixed income markets responded to that data, and then talk about some of the upcoming data points that we expect to hit this week. In terms of last week, we had a number of economic releases that were somewhat impactful. The real theme last week was on housing and the deceleration that we're seeing in the housing market. So on Tuesday, we had building permits and housing starts. On Friday, we had existing home sales. All three of those were negative, worse than expectations. We also had retail number last week, uh, which was a solid number for us. Um, there was no increase, uh, suggesting maybe a little less inflation. But the big thing last week that doesn't show up as an economic data point was the FOMC, Federal Open, Open Market Committee, uh, released their minutes from their last meeting on Wednesday. That was the thing that really moved the markets. So the FOMC, uh, during their meeting, talked about the fact that there's little evidence that inflation's coming down enough for them to halt their expected interest rate increases. So certainly the hawkish stance coming out of that meeting is that the Fed is committed to increasing short-term rates until they see some very solid evidence that the inflation metrics that we've been tracking roll over strongly. Now, there was one dovish bit in it that some people took away. The fact that the Fed is already talking about uh, the need for them to be very sensitive to market data and the real risk that they overreact. So good to hear that. Uh, as a result of that FOMC meeting, the um, expectations for interest rate increases during the September Fed meeting have increased. So before the meeting last week, the FOMC meeting, Last week, the expectation was there was a 39% chance we would have a 75 basis point hike next month and a 55% chance that we would only have 50. Now those numbers have shifted. The expectation now is less than half, 45% of an expectation that we'll have 50, but now a very solid majority, 55% probability that we're going to see 75 basis point increase next month. So I think think we're definitely heading in that direction. Uh, what has happened with the U.S. economy uh, in terms of post-second quarter GDP growth? Um, the Atlanta Fed, they put out their forecast and they update this quite frequently. The expectation now for the third quarter is coming down already. Now, you may recall for the first and the second quarter, expectations for U.S. real GDP growth were strong. Throughout the quarter, expectations by the Atlanta Fed and all economists kept coming down. We ultimately ended up with negative 1.6% negative GDP growth in the first quarter and then negative 0.9% in the second quarter. That pattern seems possibly to be repeating here in the third quarter. The uh, Atlanta Federal Reserve had expected GDP growth of about 2.5% in the third quarter. They took that estimate down last week to about 1.6%. So we'll keep an eye on that. But already expectations are falling for real GDP growth in the U.S. for the third quarter. Very quickly, I'll run through the housing numbers. Housing starts. 
Housing starts fell to 1.446 million in July, well off the most recent peak that we had in April of 1.8 million. That's three consecutive months down. U.S. building permits dropped to 1.674 million, way off again the high that was in March this year of almost 1.9 million. U.S. existing home sales uh, in July, they fell for the sixth consecutive month. This is not a good-looking chart. The charts attached for the uh, webcast, but it has dropped all the way from January now down to July. So existing home sales in the month of July, 4.8 million. The one relative bright spot last week in terms of economic data, U.S. retail sales, I mentioned was flat. That's pretty close to the expectation, which is positive 0.1. And why we say this is a positive is anything that appears we're getting less pressure on consumer demand, pushing prices up, the better gives Fed cover for maybe halting, delaying some of the interest rate increases they've talked about. In terms of jobless claims last week, uh, pretty solid. It was uh, about the same as the week before, 200 and. 50,000. Uh, the expectation, though, was 265. So better than expectation. And over the last five weeks, we've been running an average in the low 250,000. So not a lot of change there. Wrapping all this up in terms of what it meant in terms of the markets last week, both U.S. equity and fixed income markets were down as a result of the economic data, and particularly the Fed announcement. Also, international stocks fared poorly as well. So for last week, the S&P 500 was down roughly 1.2%. The NASDAQ, very heavily tech-weighted index, down 2.6%. So for the week, value strongly outperformed growth. Value was down about 0.3%. Growth in the U.S. growth stocks were negative 2.6%. So when we look at a year-to-date basis, again, we point out value because we do bias our portfolios towards small cap and towards value stocks. Value year-to-date is almost flat, negative 0.39. Growth stocks are negative 23.3. So again, great for our portfolios. International last week. Again, I mentioned the S&P was down about 1.2%. International XUS down 2.2%, and the big driver there, not surprisingly, uh, China down over 2%, China down nearly 23% year to date. Fixed income also down last week as the 10 year Treasury moved up from the low 2.7% range up to about 3% near the end of the week, really based on the Fed's discussion uh, that we had on Wednesday. So fixed income followed equity down as it has most of the year on a year-to-date basis. Uh, we don't have this in any of our portfolios, but I like to point this out because many clients, many investors think you can't lose money buying U.S. Treasuries. But if you have interest rate sensitive bonds, long-dated, long-duration bonds, you've been hurt badly this year. So the U.S. long government index, about 20-year duration, very long-term down almost 22% on the year. So the coming economic calendar for this week, we have another home sales, another home-related metric coming out tomorrow, new home sales, initial claims as we have every week on Thursday. 
Friday is a big day. Personal income, personal spending. But the biggest out of these, I think, may be the PCE prices, personal consumption expenditure, which hits on Friday. That is the Federal Reserve's um, preferred method of or indicator of inflation in the U.S. So last month, that was up on a month-over-month basis, 1.0%. The expectation is almost flat for this month at 0.1%. So we've already had the CPI number. We saw the CPI CPI come down strongly, down about the 8.5% last month. So it's just a one-month decrease. But the same is expected here for the PCI on Friday. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Have a chart on the PCI, which also just like the CPI index, uh, looks like in June it well it most definitely did peak for this cycle so far, up 6.8 percent year over year. And you may recall for June on the CPI CPI index, that was up 9.3 percent year over year for June. Again, PCE last month uh, trailing 12 month basis up 6.8 percent. That is it for the economic data this week and the market reaction to that. We always provide this commentary for you just to keep you up to date, keeps us up to date. Really doesn't drive a lot of the investment decisions that we make. We don't make short-term decisions, very long-term oriented. So we always say um, we need to stay disciplined, diversified, and balanced. That's what we encourage all of our clients to do in their investing. Thank you and have a great week.